Well, we're beginning a new series as we begin this and step into real life. Every September, we talk about our vision document and the vision that is there. And we have this real life vision document across all our campuses. And of course, the R-E-A-L stands for something. Does anybody know what R stands for? That's amazing. Any, any, anybody? I know you're, you know, anybody want to shout out? You all mumbled something. It's, I thought you were Pentecostals for a moment. Uh, you all mumbled something. Redeem life. Yes, there's a sucker there for you afterwards. The Redeem Life, we are a church that is about the proclamation and the redemption of the gospel. We are what's called conversionists. We believe that everybody can have a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in in the cross. We believe in the power of the cross. We believe in the redemption. We believe that God calls people to be born again, born from above, and born of the Spirit. We are a gospel-preaching, gospel-driven church. E, can anybody tell me what E is? Maybe I'll get an elder to do this. Empowered, well done, whoever that was. Um, Empowered, we believe in the empowering of the Holy Spirit and and the changing of the Holy Spirit within our lives to sanctify us. And all the gifts, whether they are power gifts, word gifts, or mercy gifts, in Scripture, we believe in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That the church cannot survive without the presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives and at work within us. The A. Anybody know what the A is? Active. Hallelujah. You have five lollipops. Um, We are Anabaptists. That means that we believe in, in the priesthood of all believers. It means we believe in adult baptism, yes. It means that we believe that every one of you is called of God and every one of you has access to the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. To go into the Holy of Holies and we believe that as Anabaptists, you are all priesthoods of all believers. And God has called you to engage in this and to follow your calling, your ministry. And of course, that means we're free radicals. We don't have a particularly onious church hierarchical system. For example, we don't have an archbishop or we don't have a a, a pope or, or in that way. What we have is the Bible and the power of the Spirit. And so Anabaptists believe that we are called to follow the voice of the Lord and all that Scripture teaches us and be on this great journey. So we sit there, listening life. Uh, That is that we are prayerful people. We want to listen to the voice of God, listen to what Scripture says to us, and listen to all that the Lord wants to do in our lives. So when Karen says prayer is the heart of our church, it is. And in a week on Monday, we have my favorite meeting of the week, our prayer meeting. Uh, Monday evening of the month, we'll be praying for Pioneer Girls. We'll be praying for the outreaches. We'll be praying for needs in our body. And and I love to have 100% attendance of the whole church at the prayer meeting. That's my goal. And when we do that, I'll go to heaven happy. 
Because we've got to be a praying people. So when we're talking about real life and how we're going to unpack this over the next four weeks, I'm going to talk about different aspects of real life. And one of those aspects that I touched at our glorious baptism, wasn't that fantastic? Over uh, 20 people got baptised that Sunday afternoon. It was, um, it was great. It was really wonderful. Real life. And I've entitled this, Follow the Cloud. And really, why do we need to learn to follow what God is doing in our lives? Because there is a danger that each one of us can fall asleep in our faith. It's so easy for us to end up becoming that person who used to do something, that cliche of a past Christian, that I used to be on fire, I used to do evangelism, I used to go out and reach out, I used to make a difference, but you know, I've seemed to have lost that fire, I've seemed to have lost that passion, I've seemed to have lost that desire. But we've got to wake up, and to wake up, We need to be willing to say, hey, God's got a journey for every one of us and for this church. And therefore, what we need to do is to follow the cloud. It's to step forward into this. And of course, they've just got out of slavery. And and Moses, the great prophet, is leading them from slavery into the wilderness to the promised land. Through the baptism of Red Sea, it is very much a story that reflects our own story with Christ, who set us free, is leading us now, and we are heading towards the promised land of, of eternal life that God promises us through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are gathered and they are zigzagging away and moving away as God guides them. And by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. This word guide is really interesting. Because it actually means, first of all, that it's got that Hebrew sense of of a shepherd who is leading the sheep. The word is used also when Abraham sends his servant out to find a wife for Isaac and he is guided to the right place to find Isaac's wife. There's this sense that the shepherd watches over us. It is a, used in Hebrew also as a governing term that, that there is a group of people and they are governed, governed by a greater power and by a sense of government that leads them, that guides them and rules them. And to be a follower of the cloud means that we're saying, in my life, I've come out of slavery. But you know what? In my life, I'm going to be guided by the presence of God every step of the way. I'm going to follow the good shepherd who is leading me. And governance is the governance of God and his scripture and the Holy Spirit within my life. Who's running your life? Who's leading you through your wilderness? Who's guiding you as you battle and as you move forward and as you work? Who is leading you? You know, God has has a a desire that he is always, not just one step, a lot of steps in front of you. But he noticed the word, he was ahead of them. He guided by night. He went ahead of them. 
And let me give you some great news. Jesus Christ is always ahead of you. Our job is to follow what he is asking us to do and be willing to say, I want to follow him step by step. Sometimes God surprises you. He mugs you. It's like you're going along and you're saying, Lord, I'd love you to speak, please. I don't seem to hear your voice at the moment. I'm looking for direction. God, I need you right now. And then suddenly it's like God jumps out and 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 and. Boom! And you're, you're on the floor. You're going, wow, you want me to do what? Really? Really? I remember that moment. I was 16 or 17 years old on a rainy English night in November, walking to the youth group. As I walked along, I had the whole of my life mapped out. Family business, work in the factory, move to Manchester. That was a sad bit. Um, uh, you know, get involved in, in, in the sales company. Three generations of, of furniture makers and selling uh, sofas. We sold sofas through something called Kay's Catalog, you know, which is like Sears Catalog. God bless Sears, who's no longer with us. Um, is it Sears or Hudson? No, it's Sears. Um, so I had my life mapped out and suddenly Isaiah 61 came into my life on that wet and windy night and the Lord mugged me and the Lord said, I have called you to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim captive. Never heard of this verse. I mean, that's describing Jesus. But it's the very essence of the power of the gospel. I was like, are you kidding me? You're changing my whole life now? You're changing everything in my life? I had a good life planned. I was excited. I want you to preach. Really? I mean, I couldn't barely string a sentence together back then. I thought, how on earth? And you might think you can't now. Uh, But how on earth am I going to do this? I took a first ever sermon I preached. I took, I suppose, a girlfriend to the service with me. And... um, uh, I don't know, I was about 17 and a half. And as we drove back in the car, she said, that was interesting. <laughs> she said, you're not very good at talking, are you? <laughs> so anyway, that, that, uh, that relationship ended immediately. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I was reluctant, like Moses. It's tough. I was, I had... You know, insecurities, as, as we all do. And yet God said, I want to take you. And who would have guessed that where that cloud would have taken me all around the world and ended up at Willow Park in Kelowna? I mean, it's, it's amazing what God does. So, so what we have to remember is, is that God leads us step by step. And some of you, it's your first time at Willow Park Church, and I love that you're here. But God's got a step-by-step for you. God's going to guide you. God's going to lead you. You see, you may say, well, why does God lead me step-by-step? The reason he leads you step-by-step is because if you knew where you were going to end up, you might not have gone the journey. Because he's going to surprise you. 
You see, God, I found, speaks to me, whispers to me in sentences, not in chapters. Can I say that again? God speaks to us in sentences, not in long paragraphs or in chapters. Why is that? Because if you could see the whole chapter, it might overwhelm you. You can see how God's going to use you. You can see what God wants to do in your life. It might overwhelm you. It's certainly God was taking them step by step and they would face the Red Sea and they would be still and God would do the amazing miracle apart in the Red Sea. God will do something. See, you've had an invitation. God's not a recruiter. You haven't joined sales force Jesus. You're not joined Jesus' network marketing pyramid system. You've had a beautiful invitation that says, come and be with me. My uncle had an invitation of a lady. She, he got it through the post, said, we would like to invite you for a morning breakfast at Buckingham Palace. Signed, Queen Elizabeth. Wow. It's true. He was in the Royal Navy and he got an invitation to have their nice little breakfast with Elizabeth, as I like to call her. <laughs> he went and there were other people there, naval officers, 500 of them. So it wasn't quite as intimate as he would have hoped. But he did uh, go. When that invitation came, he was to go somewhere special, somewhere unique, somewhere amazing. I think he's been about four or five times now. When you get the invitation from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for the next step to follow the cloud, it is going to be something beautiful. It is going to be something amazing. He's not recruiting you. He's inviting you to come and to commune with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But we have to follow the cloud. We have to be willing. Say yes. You see, you can't imagine that when God interrupts your life, he's going to interrupt your life. And you can't imagine what that's going to be like. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No mind has imagined, no mind has conceived. It is the same Greek word as a man climbing a mountain. You can't imagine what it's going to be like at the top of that great climb. It is the same Greek word that is used for the fruitfulness of a garden or vegetables coming up out the ground to describe growth and harvest. You cannot imagine what God wants to do within your life. Why? Because it's those who love him. And to follow the cloud means that we love Jesus with all our heart. That we are devoted to him. That we follow him. That we're willing to make that next step. And to make that move. You see, you've got options. This, when you follow the cloud and listen to the voice and follow what God is asking you to do. 
You know, we see James Peters who spent 12 years and given a month a year to go to India with child of mind. He's following the cloud. I look around and I see many of you who are willing to follow the cloud. But you're willing to do that. To follow where God has for you and what God is asking of you to follow that cloud and to step forward into it. And you can't imagine what that is going to be like. Why? Because when you start to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as Galatians 2 verse 25 says, no, Galatians 5 verse 25 says, keep in step with the Spirit, Paul says. And our devotion is to keep our in step with the Spirit. And when we keep in step with the Spirit, we find true freedom. We find true life. We don't find fear. We don't find anxiety. We find freedom because we're following the cloud by day and we are following the fire by night. See, you can go back to slavery, and they had a couple of options, of course. But we've got to remind ourselves what Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You've got a lot against you. I don't know what it is. Broken relationships, a fractured history, disappointment with church. I don't know where you've been or what you've been through, but I want to tell you, you are welcome at Willow Park Church and you are loved. But I know that if God is for you, nothing can be against you. Nothing, not sickness, nothing can be against you. Not bankruptcy, nothing can be against you. Not struggling relationships, nothing can be against you. Because if you follow the cloud and listen to the Spirit, God will get you through the wilderness. God will get you through that journey, that difficulty. You've got options. Option one, go back to slavery. Slavery is fine. It's predictable. You get food. You know what you're doing every day. You work seven days a week. You get your food three times a day. You build bricks for the Egyptians. And you join the rat race, the treadmill, and whatever metaphor you want to describe. Or you keep going forward. Option two was to follow God. It amazes me how dangerous it is for each one of us. That, that we'd rather go with option one for safety than option two to follow God. We've got to be a people who follow God. And follow that action. And follow that step. And know that within our lives. See, I love this little phrase in here. It, that, that kind of, that, that, that phrase that, that by night and by day. By night and by day. When you see that little rhythmic phrase in the construction of the scriptures... It is the fact that God is always before you day and night and God will not abandon you. God's not going to abandon any of us on this journey that God has called us to. God's not going to abandon us in this journey. See, I like to see the cloud as, as an expression of God's love. 
But you're afraid. You're a broken people. You've come out of Egypt where the only gods you really saw were the pharaohs that ruled over you with the great buildings and temples. And now you're following God. And you're in the wilderness. And what does he do? He gives you a cloud. And what does that cloud represent? That cloud represents God's love for you. God's goodness for you. God's commitment to you. That he's before you day and night. God's with you. There's a cloud in front of you. It's just so you've got to start to notice it. He's willing to guide you. Willing to lead you. It's if his love. It's to heal you, restore you. Following the cloud is risky business. You never know where you're going to end up. You never know where God's going to lead you. For some of you following the cloud this morning, it's to join table for six and to get involved in community because you're too lonely and too isolated and you know you've got to get out of that. For some of you following the cloud means, you know, on Thursday mornings, uh, we've seen a massive growth of babies in this church. Suddenly we've got 30 little ones on Thursday morning. We are desperate for people to come and cuddle and to play with preschoolers while our poor moms, so those moms, get a rest and, and get a bit of Bible and time. And there's 30 of them and, and the children's department saying, please, please make an announcement. I said, I'll do better than that. I'll put it in the sermon. There's a great big cloud over there over the children's department. And maybe your step is to cuddle a baby. Uh, cuddle, yes. I also... I had twins. I used to juggle, not cuddle. (laughs) But maybe that is your calling. You see, the truth is, where you are and where God leads you, where you are and where God leads you, where God leads you is always better than where you've come from. Where God leads you is always better than where you've come from. Why is that? Well, very simply, because when we are led by the cloud and we're in that spot, at that step, the greatest and most privileged place to be is fully and completely in the will of God for your life. And it's better. It's far better. You see, the Israelites had the cloud and the fire. The disciples and the twelve and the many more had the very presence of Jesus Christ. We today have the empowering and the presence of the Holy Spirit at work within each of our lives. That's why we're conversionists. (laughs) Because there's a day when we were born of the Spirit. And now we've got to follow the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, keeping step with the Spirit. But it comes as an unexpected invitation. I love this verse. An unexpected invitation came to the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter, I find, is an interesting fellow, don't you? You'll be interested to know that, do you know Myers-Briggs, the personality testing? I had the same personality testing as the Apostle Peter, they tell me. 
I don't know who's worked this out. But some may say, what's your Myers-Briggs? What kind of feeler, connector are you? And, and so on. And I go, oh, I don't know, because I can never remember random letters. But I say, but apparently I'm the same as the Apostle Peter. Somebody's done the test with him, obviously, I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> we won't go there. But he was always getting into trouble. And this verse, Jesus comes and says, come follow me and I will make you fisher of men. Do you know where your mind goes when you read this? You go fishers of men. Fishers of men. No. You see, that was what God was calling him to do. But the real powerful thought in this verse is this. Come follow me. And I will make you. Can I say that again? Come follow me. I will make you. Your faith, your relationship with Jesus Christ will not ruin you. It will make you. You may not be called to be an apostle, a rock of the ancient church. You may not be called to be a pastor. But what God has called you to do will make you. And following the cloud means God make me. God make me into who I'm meant to be. God make me into that person. God make me, move me, change me, keep making me, keep making me, keep making me in my life. I need you to make me. Oh, he made mistakes. You know, he's the first one out of the boat on the water and then he panics and starts to sink. I can, I can associate that with that. I like to jump first and think after. And then sink and cry, Jesus. He was the one, I'm never going to deny you. No, 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 no. You will. No, I won't. You will. No, I won't. You will. Remember that story? He's been arrested in the garden. Three years of theology, three years of Jesus mentoring, three years of in-depth, the best kind of training and development anybody could ever have as a Christian with the Messiah. And what does Peter do? He pulls a great big sword out. Sword. And Jesus is going, don't pull the sword out. What are you doing? Told you about your sword problem. Don't. No. You've chopped his ear off. Why? Rule number one in theological development, do not chop the congregant's ears off. (laughs) Otherwise, they won't hear the gospel. Don't. I will make you. You've all got your failings. You all carry your hidden swords. We all make mistakes. But we're all saying, hey, God has called me. God will make me. That's what following the cloud means. God has called me. God will make me. God will make me. I'll follow that cloud. And when we follow that cloud, a number of things happen. It's good things that happen. It's exciting. 
We follow that cloud and we see Jesus, 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 Jesus more clearly. Our whole life is to see Jesus, to understand Jesus. We see the world through Jesus backwards and Jesus forwards. We see Jesus, the incarnated Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we view things through the lens of Jesus Christ. And when you follow the cloud, you experience fruitfulness like you've never experienced before. When you follow the cloud, you understand the cross more. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines what? His steps. Not you determine it. The Lord determines the steps. I have learned that God's steps are always better than my plans. It should be a little barrier between those two. It's not part of the verse. It's my little quote. I've learned that. God's steps are better than my plans. So as we begin this real life four-week teaching series on following the cloud and what that means and understanding that we are a redeemed community, we're an empowered community, we're an active community, we're a listening community, real life comes by following the cloud. Now some of us may be so distant from that that we've lost that step, that way forward in our lives. Let's pray together. Maybe right where you are at this moment, you know that you want to get in step with the Lord in your life. Maybe you've come to church and you know that you're out of step. But it's time to get into step with what the Lord has for you. And so if God is speaking to you, saying, calling you to get into step, I'd love to pray for you. It's time for you to step out. It's time for you to take the next step. It's time for you to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the next step in my journey, in my life? What do you have for me? And before we all stand and as Curtis gently plays, if you know you need to fix your eyes on the cloud for whatever reason, then right now I'm going to ask you to stand at the beginning of September and say to the Lord, if God has touched you this morning, I want to follow the cloud. I want to follow that next step. I want to know your presence at work in my life. If that is you right now, just stand now. And by standing, you're saying, yes, Lord. I truly want to follow that next step. Truly want to walk in that way. 
Lord, help me to go the next step. So many of you are standing. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those that are standing. And as they open their hearts to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray, God, that you will help them to set their gaze on you now in Jesus' name. That, God, that you will fill them with that confidence. Fill them with your word. Fill them with all that they need to follow the cloud. To take the next step. To walk before you, Lord. Come, Lord. And guide them. Rest on them. Go before them. Shepherd them, I ask. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord.